Hello and welcome. It's been a blustery week in more ways than one. Change at The Guardian has been reflected in the change in the seasons and I think it's safe to say there are no leaves left on the trees. Winter is here. I'm LJ Fulatrani and this is Careers Talk. It's a no-nonsense pod this week. Producer Kate is away and we are under strict instructions not to dilly-dally. Guest in the studio is Joe Heppenstall from Allen & York, the recruitment company specialising in sustainability. We're going to talk about environmental careers and Joe is going to tell us where the new jobs are. It's very interesting actually. We've seen a large change, many more positions coming out of the Middle East. We're seeing work in, uh, in Asia, Hong Kong particularly, and then more commonly now the Americans and, and Canadians picking up the banner there. Just the Job this week is for a commissioning editor who has a passion for popular culture and Claudine Love will be along later to tell us more. And then we will be talking to intern Kate. It's Kate's very, very last day and we are sad to say goodbye to her. She has done a fantastic job. And of course, we'll hear about Dexter, a vet who wants to teach. That's Kate's choice for Pick the Poster. The hours are long. I don't like being on call. I think the remuneration, you know, being a vet, you're looking at about 35 grand. Being a head teacher, between 60 and 100. But first, we have to say hello to Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Hello. Have you had a nice week? I've had a lovely week, thank you. So tell all our listeners where you went for the very first time last weekend. Yeah, at the weekend I went to Scotland, Hooray. the furthest north I've ever been I can't in my believe life. you've never been to Scotland. <laughs> it was lovely, I had a great time, great scenery, long drive, but well worth it. Where did you visit? I went to Edinburgh, around the city, in the castle. Uh, we went to a falconry and I was flying owls and bald eagles and stuff, which is scary but fun. And that was all a birthday present from your boyfriend? Yeah. So tell us about the Q&A this week that you've picked. It's on events, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And we had a focus on planning and management roles, although there was other questions in there as well. We had a lot of interest in people. There's a lot of industry bodies in events as well, so we wanted to try and represent all of those. Now, don't name them all, Kerry, because I know that there are 14. <laughs> there were 15, <laughs> 15. Yeah. I'll just do um, some people that really stood out. There was Susan Heaton-Wright, and she's company director of NSM Productions, which supplies music and performers for live events and she's been working in the industry for 25 years. We had Caroline Jackson who's Associate Dean of Events, Leisure and Retail within the School of Services Management at Bournemouth University. Other organisations involved included Event Management Forum, Eventia, World Events and Bank Sadler that are sort of the big agencies that organise events and the Event Services Association as well. A lot of the posts, like a bit of a trend, was from graduates. We had lots of graduates coming to us that were doing event management courses and they were worrying about the job market and how they're going to get a job when they come out maybe next year or a couple of years down the line. There was debates within the discussion as well about should I go on to do a master's and have I got the skills from my degree to prepare me? What were they giving in terms of advice for people? There was some good snippets. I've picked out Justine Kane. She was from event management training and she says that the economy is showing signs picking up now she's been talking to companies to try and secure placements for her postgraduate students and people who are on the courses with EMT and she says in the industry there's a real feeling at the moment that in the build-up to the Olympics as well everybody's like right we need to get prepared as well as the encouragement about the industry they say work experience is, is essential I know we said that a lot but even more so than your course and there's a couple of schemes as well that you can get involved in the National Trust do a working holiday scheme and one of the arms of that is is event management so you'd start off you know putting out chairs and collecting tickets or you know 
doing a guest list quite sort of small jobs but once you've got a bit of experience they might give you a team leader role so you'll get to know all about the different areas of events which they say is really important too and you do have to pay to go on that it's about 60 pound but that's for your accommodation and food so it's still a really valuable experience from a well-known name and I guess you know you can follow whatever your passion is and create and manage and organise events that suit what you're interested in. That's it. So if you wanted to work in charity, you could do events in charity or music or arts. It's really varied. And everybody that was on the panel just loved their job. Yeah, that came really, through. Yeah, really came across. They're all so happy and positive. They're like, you know, the industry's going to pick up soon. Don't worry about it. And they also say that you have to be a can-do sort of attitude yeah. person. You've always got to have a smile on your face. So that really came across in the advice. So moaners don't apply. no. Ooh, I've got a top tip, actually. Go on, then. Something that uh, a few of the panellists said, that always wear a comfortable pair of shoes when you're on <laughs> site or if you're at an event because you're going to be really busy. And so no high heels? <laughs> no, not unless they're really comfortable, which is never. And always have a bar of chocolate in your pocket as well in case you need an energy boost. <laughs> what, like you... Kendall fruitcake or something? <laughs> Stuff your pockets with sweets or whatever, just in case you need a sugar rush at some point. <laughs> OK, thanks very much, Kerry. OK. Joining us in the studio now is Joe Heppenstall. Joe is a business manager at Allen & York and has more than 10 years' experience in recruitment. He comes from a background of environmental science, says he's passionate about putting something back into the local and global community and is responsible for the 2009 Environmental Careers and Salary Survey. Hello, Joe. Good morning, Laura-Jane. Let's talk a little bit about your career because I noticed that you come from environmental science background mm-hmm. and you studied in Kiel and then at Colorado. Colorado State, wow. yes. Wow, so how did that come about and what was that like? Amazing, was it? Uh, it was a, it's a heaven opportunity. The environmental courses in the UK going back now 12, 14 years were not what they are now. Very new. It, it, it was, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been studying geography and, and wanted something that was a little bit more environmentally related. Obviously, when I grew up, I didn't think environmental management. I wanted to be a fighter pilot like every other eight-year-old, but that wasn't to be. The course I signed up to at Keele University was a four-year one with a year in the States. The schooling out there is very different, so they they leave uh, the equivalent of our A-levels um, they leave their colleges a year earlier, so they arrive at university much younger than the UK students. I think this, the starkest difference was that as a student at Kiel, it's a fairly academic university. I mean, their, their approach over in the States is very different. It's a lot more school-like with homework, spot tests that, that happen every couple of weeks. And really, your speed of mind and your interest in the subject is much more important to them than a produced academic study. So tell us a bit about this survey. In some of the notes that you've sent out, you talk about the employment opportunities worldwide. And I just wanted to find out for people that are listening, really, where are these opportunities? Mm. Well, it's very interesting, actually. The UK and Europe particularly leading the way on a worldwide stage. But we've seen a large change, many more positions coming out of the Middle East and actually the, the setting up of environment agencies and what have you in those countries where it previously didn't exist. We're seeing work in Asia, Hong Kong particularly, in Australia, and then more commonly now, the uh, the Americans and, and Canadians picking up the banner there. And they have similar issues to us, but obviously they, they manage them in different ways. So a lot of the, the various roles that you'd find in the UK market uh, are still prevalent over there as well. Some companies have got offices in in Europe and in the US and, and Australia and, and many other places. And they're pretty good about moving the staff around where the various projects are. But many people actually want a change of lifestyle. We, we've seen lots of people sort of emigrate out to Australia and, and the Middle East in particular. And it's good to see so many sort of Brits, as it were, sort of finding their way environmentally around the globe and, and really spearheading that. And so figures for predicted growth in terms of how many people will it be in the area in the next 
five, ten years. Very difficult to put figures on it. Again, the, the opportunity is there. The number of projects being announced um, continues to rise. You could be talking about renewable energy and the need to, uh, to try and make a 20% renewable energy production by 2020. So you would naturally assume there'd be a hell of a lot of roles coming up involved in that, and that would be true. How many? It's, it's impossible to say. And from what background are these people coming through? What, what are you looking for now in these in these roles? Are sure. they people that are specialists in environment issues or are they coming from other sectors? It's, it's a world of specialists, to be honest. Um, you could break the industry up by you know, 30, 40 different ways. Looking at any job board will, will tell you that. On the energy management side, actually, we're seeing people come from a variety of different disciplines. The management of the utilities, which is sometimes a primary job function for these energy managers, it means they could come from an energy background, quite obviously, from a project management background, um, from an internal communications liaison position. Others are utilities professionals uh, and, and more generally just business managers. And so in terms of the public sector, are are there peculiar roles for the public sector or are they the same kind of opportunities? They, they tend to be quite different actually uh, and the, the, the sort of personality tends to be uh, quite different between the public and private sector and actually one of the amazing findings, what we think is amazing anyway from the survey, was the difference in um, pay and benefits and what have you between the public and private sector is not as large as people thought. And so there's a big myth there that we hope to have broken in certainly in the sustainability arena. That the public sector get paid less? Yes, that, that would be the myth and actually it, it doesn't look as if that's actually the case within this area that they've actually really caught up salary-wise. And in actual fact, many of their benefits, if you look at local authority pensions, are far and away outstripping those that you would find at a private consultancy. So there, there is still some difference, although it's very, very small. If there's a change in government, if there's a Tory government... The big if. The yeah. big if. Yeah. We still don't know for sure. But if there is, will this affect the predictions for the growth of environmental careers? I mean, it, will, will this have, a, have an impact? It's a really interesting question. And I don't think anyone could say, because we don't know the answer to whether it's going to happen. I would put my money on no, I have to say. I don't think it will affect it. And the reason is that the issues that affect us on an environmental scale are far wider than this country. So I, I would hate to think that, that any sort of politicians in, in this country would, would want to step in the way of that. You're probably aware that the Copenhagen um, summit is coming up very shortly, Copenhagen 15. Many of those leaders coming together to try and actually come up with a new treaty similar to the Kyoto Protocol. And actually that's... A, real importance. It, it, it looks like actually something that would really help us isn't going to come out of, of Copenhagen. But, but the positive media and a lot of the, the thinking that's going on there, I think we've seen it rise to the agenda. It's very high on Barack Obama's agenda, which is fantastic, having the states on board perhaps for the first time. Let's just finish up with some top tips for people that want to move into the area, because obviously there must be a number of routes. I think the difficulty with the environment sector is that it's a, it's a specialist area. So I would say that the, first and foremost, you've got to identify which part of that is you. Are you interested in, in measuring the number of newts or bats or what have you in a particular development and therefore you want to be an ecologist? If so, you've got to work out what skills you've got and then retrain or train to get into that area. That's fine. Or you might want to do something completely different like environmental management and be involved with boardrooms and actually helping companies reduce their carbon footprint. Fantastic. So what skills have you got You know, that might be crossover skills from previous roles that, that you can use in that sense? So I definitely identify which of the areas sustainability-wise you want to go into. Yeah, be specific. Absolutely. You know, there are many areas that we're finding people switching. Engineering, lots of people who've been involved in the car industry, automotives, are now turning their hands to working on gearing and engines for wind turbines, for example. Project managers from all walks of life, particularly the construction industry, which has been so hard hit the last 15, 16 months. We're finding a lot of project managers turning their hand to, to project managing in an environmental way. There's lots of places you can go for advice on this. The government's website gives you 
quite a bit. There are various environmental training courses. I guess my last tip would be to get some help. You know, think about who you know. It's not a tiny industry anymore. People are involved in it from all walks of life, and it's it's good to ask around your your wider family and network of friends. There's obviously recruitment companies you can go to. Ourselves being being one of the main ones there. It's a fantastic industry with lots of really good people who are in it for the right reasons. And I think to, to be part of that is, is something that's pretty valuable. That's great. Really good tips. Thank you so much for coming in. No problem. Thanks. And now your chance to find that perfect role in Just the Job. Claude's here to tell us after, I must say, an evening of, what was it? Stitching and bitching. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, fabulous night. Just before you go on to the Just the Job, though, (laughs) tell us what this stitch and bitch is. It's a group of girls doing a lot of bitching and a tiny bit of stitching. Oh, as in sewing? As in sewing, knitting, embroidery. I was knitting. I did a grand total of two rows, (laughs) one of which is completely wrong and I'm going to have to undo it. But um, it was fun. Okay, so uh, tell us about this job. It's a fantastic job for Ebury Publishing, who is part of Random House UK Limited, and it's a commissioning editor role. Mm, Tell us more. Oh, it's fantastic. First line is Amy... Lily or Cheryl, you choose. Who would you choose? (laughs) And it's all about spotting the new big thing, so in popular culture, and making best-selling books out of it. You don't need to have a book publishing history. So it's book publishing. It is a book publishing role. So they're looking for a passionate, confident individual, although they want a digitally savvy person, so read into that what you will. E-books, maybe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, Kerry, you're not going. (laughs) (laughs) That's not why I brought this. to (laughs) To tempt her away. Yeah, I mean, there's a really cool. I mean, obviously, they want your CV and a covering letter. They also want you to answer the following questions in less than 100 words each. Go on, then. Let's see. So, one, why are you the right person for the job? Fine. Two, who do you believe is the most influential pop cult figure of 2009? Mm. And three, what do you think is the next big thing? Mm. So, it sounds very intriguing. Okay, thanks very much, Claude. <laughs> Pleasure. And now from us to you with our Pick the Poster slot. Kate's joined us. Hello, Kate. Hello. So, Kate, this is your very, very last day with us. It is. I'm really sad to be leaving. We are sad that you're going. So your placement starts in Westminster next week. Yes, on Monday. And tell us a bit about that. I do know that part of it will be giving tours around Westminster, which will be quite a good laugh, I hope. Really exciting. Mm-hmm. And who is it that you're working for, particularly? Anne, Anne Milton, MP. So she's MP for Guildford. So. Okay, so tell us who you've picked this week. It's uh, Bexter, isn't it? Yes, Bexter Vet at the minute. She's looking to move into teaching. And she decided after having her children, she wanted her work to fit in around them a little bit more so she's decided on teaching as an option. My name's Beck. I've been a vet for 14 years. I've worked for seven years and then left to have children and since I've I've gone back part-time and that's probably where it started getting a bit shaky really. I always wanted to be a vet and I enjoyed my career up until then but I think having kids sort of changed my perspective on the world a bit. My husband was working very hard. We moved away from all our family so childcare was a bit of an issue and I think going back part-time is quite hard work. So you posted on the forum saying that you want to become a teacher. What sparked that career change? The very first thought really was that um, my kids are at school now and it would be nice to do something that fitted more around them. I'd like to do secondary school I think and it would be science. I think teachers salaries are probably on a par with assistant vet salaries and I think the way that I could work I think I'd probably earn more money. What would be the next move for you? How do you become a teacher from being a vet? Well I'm looking into doing a PGCE which is a a postgraduate certificate and that's training for a year at the local college Um, and the other option is finding a job first and doing training while employed which I've only just found out about (laughs) via your website. That looks interesting because I'll be able to earn while I'm training and also I can do it closer to home. 
Do you think it's difficult to make a career move later on in your career as opposed to doing it when you're, you know, sort of maybe in your 20s? I don't see a problem with it. It suddenly struck me that I've got another 20 years at work and I thought, well, if I want to do something different, why not? Because, you know, you're working for a long time. And the other inspiring thing for me was that my mum actually works within a school and her head retrained at 40 to be a teacher. Well, good luck. Keep us posted on the forum and let us know where you sort of go from here. Okay, will do. Thank you. Bye. That was Bexter talking to Kate earlier today. Well, that's about it. Just enough time to tell you what's coming up next week, Kerry. The Q&As that we're running on the site next week, we've got November the 23rd. We're going to be talking about diversity in broadcasting. We've got Channel 4, ITV, Turner and someone from GNM on the panel as well. Yeah, it's a great panel. On November the 26th, we're going to be joined by some employment law experts, the TUC, and a range of employment agencies to talk about temping and agency work. We want to hear temp and agency workers thoughts on what it's like to work as a temp as well okay great thank you many thanks to our guest joe heppenstall our intern kate and of course thanks as always to kerry don't forget you can find out more information on everything we've talked about and more by going to careers.guardian.co.uk careers talk was produced this week by sarah cudden i'm lj filatrani thanks for listening <laughs>